This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. The Illinois Board of Higher Education is awarding $400 million in capital grants for private, nonprofit colleges. Tri-States Public Radio's Jane Carlson tells us some of that money is for local colleges. The grants, in partnership with the Illinois Capital Development Board, are for infrastructure improvements to provide equitable learning experiences for students across the state. The amounts are based on enrollment snapshots from 2017 and 2020. Knox College is getting $4.1 million. Brad Nolden is vice president of administration at Knox. He says the college is excited to receive the funding, which will be used for several projects. Knox is completing the design of a project to increase accessibility and usability of first-year residence halls. And design is nearly complete on HVAC upgrades to the Ford Center for the Fine Arts. Nolden says replacing a portion of the HVAC system will improve humidity control and stop damage to music instruments and art in the building. As part of the application process for these funds, colleges were required to describe their strategies for closing gaps in enrollment, completion of degrees, and student loan repayment for historically underrepresented students. Monmouth College was awarded $3.5 million. They plan to use the funds for three projects. That includes resurfacing the playing field and track at April Zorn Memorial Stadium, replacing the roof on Huff Athletic Center, and a new chiller. I'm Jane Carlson. There will be no electric buses among the vehicles the Macomb School District is acquiring. Tri-State's Public Radio's Rich Egger reports. The main reason is the cost. Superintendent Patrick Toomey says electric buses are still quite expensive, not to mention the price of installing charging stations. I think there'll be a day where uh, electric will have its place, but it's just not for us right now. The district currently owns no buses, but it's in the process of acquiring 18. It'll lease the buses for three years with the option to buy them after that. The first-year cost will be $642,000. Toomey says a single electric bus costs more than $300,000. Rich Ugger reporting. A bill moving forward in the Iowa Senate would give K-12 schools the option to hire a paid or volunteer chaplain. The bill requires background checks, but does not lay out any specific credentials for a school chaplain. In fact, schools would not be allowed to require a chaplain to have any kind of educator's license or endorsement. Supporters of the proposal say allowing chaplains would provide schools another option to help teachers and students who are overwhelmed by stress or anxiety. Southeast Iowa's congresswoman is facing a challenge from the right. Republican Representative Marionette Miller-Meeks' opponent is arguing that her stance on abortion is not consistent. Iowa Public Radio's Zachary Oren-Smith reports. Republican challenger David Pouch says Congress should ban abortions nationwide and believes Miller Meeks has been too quiet on the subject. It's a pretty conservative district, and, and they're not blighted by this idea of, of a selfish concern just for my own body as a woman. Miller Meeks has repeated her stance on abortion since the Dobbs decision. Abortion should be illegal with exceptions to protect the life of the mother and in instances of rape or incest. 
She has co-sponsored a bill that would ban abortions nationally after 15 weeks. That would ban 94% of abortions, according to data from the Centers for Disease Control. In 2021, Miller Meeks co-sponsored a bill that would ban abortions without exception. However, the New York Times reported this month that she did not sign on to a 2023 version. I'm Zachary Oren-Smith, IPR News. Legal protections for transgender Iowans would be removed from the Iowa Civil Rights Act under a bill that's scheduled for a hearing tomorrow at the State House. Iowa Public Radio's Katerina Sostarik reports. The bill would remove gender identity as a protected characteristic in the Iowa Civil Rights Act and add gender dysphoria under the disability category. Bill sponsor Republican Representative Jeff Shipley of Birmingham says the legislature needs to address questions around what accommodations for transgender Iowans are required by law. Democratic Representative Ross Wilburn of Ames says nothing is clearer than the current law that outlaws discrimination based on gender identity. Being allowed to live in a place that you want to rent or get credit is not an accommodation. It is a civil right protection currently in Iowa code. And what Representative Shipley is uh, doing by trying to put it as a uh, under disability, it, uh, it leaves out broad swaths of people. Opponents of the bill say there are many transgender Iowans who wouldn't get diagnosed with gender dysphoria, and the bill would leave them without legal protections. I'm Katerina Sasarik, IPR News. In today's feature, Illinois has a program that provides free or affordable child care to low-income families, including at-home-based daycares. More than 15,000 of those providers are currently in contract negotiations with the state. They're bargaining over pay and retirement as more and more workers leave the field because of low wages and lack of benefits. Illinois Public Radio's Esther Yoon-Ji Kang takes a look at what advocates call the workforce behind the workforce. Thank you. You to give them to Larissa Learning Lab is a home-based daycare in the Chatham neighborhood on Chicago's south side. And owner Bridget Vance is multitasking on a Friday morning. It's okay. What are you going to build? The 57-year-old comforts a toddler who is under the weather while building blocks with two other little ones. That's a tall tower. Wow, what color is that? This daycare center serves between 6 to 10 kids on any given weekday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Vance is passionate about taking care of children. They're precious and they're a gift from God. And every child deserves to be treated with love, dignity, and respect. But it hasn't been easy over the last 25 years. After all, she runs a business. There's utilities, staff, benefits, taxes to pay. Vance has held side jobs and used credit cards to make ends meet. Well, let's just say monthly a couple of thousand dollars. That's what I take home. You can actually get public assistance with that amount. And I just think that that's a disgrace. She says it's hard to save money, and she has no retirement or pension plan in place. Vance is among more than 15,000 home-based child care providers in Illinois who are part of the state's child care assistance program. That program gives struggling families free or close to free child care. Now these providers are in the middle of contract negotiations with the state over retirement plans, training, and most importantly, pay in the form of the state's rates per child. Vance and others say many providers make close to or less than minimum wage. The child care workforce is really the workforce behind the workforce. 
That's Bryn Seibert with SEIU Healthcare Illinois, the union that represents fans and thousands of other home-based child care providers. She says if the child care assistance program is to help struggling parents, it has to do right by the child care professionals who change diapers, read books, and play with preschoolers on a daily basis. A spokesperson for the state says contract talks are pending. Seibert says those talks have been ongoing since last June. And with more and more workers leaving this field for better-paying retail and warehouse jobs, families are struggling to find childcare. Our childcare workforce is in crisis, and that's something that we're definitely seeing happening now. Mariana Soto Manning is president of Chicago's Erickson Institute, a graduate school in childhood development. She says a lot of home-based childcare providers, who are mostly women of color, offer longer hours, closer locations and also what she calls culturally affirming care. She explains that as... The kinds of interactions and linguistic responsiveness, the kind of food, the kinds of community connections, and most of all, the belief in the brilliance of children of color. Soto Manning says increasing wages and providing benefits for daycare operators would help address inequality to right wrongs, to make sure that we are answerable for a historical disinvestment, we need to really think about removing barriers to access to childcare that meet families' needs. And she says to help providers like Bridget Vance have a living wage and a nest egg. Esther Yunji Kang, WBEZ News. In the weather for our listening area for today, scattered rain and snow showers are possible. It'll be cloudy with a high in the upper 30s and northwesterly winds around 15 miles an hour. For tonight, mostly cloudy with a low in the low 30s, northwest winds at 5 to 15 miles an hour. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.